let's be honest, does anyone really like going to the doctor? What if you have a chronic health condition and need to see your doctor more often than the average person? Now imagine getting the care you need from the comfort of your own home. Now we're really bringing those technologies using AI, using digital platforms, not just to replicate traditional care, but to care for patients more longitudinally and to gather data and information from patients using those digital technologies um, on a more frequent basis. That's Brandi Clark, Vice President of Digital Care for OSF On Call. And I'm Shelley Dankoff, your host of Health Accelerated, brought to you by OSF Healthcare. Do you see your doctor on a regular basis? Do you even have a regular doctor? The average American visits his or her doctor four times per year. But even if you have a chronic health condition that requires more medical follow-ups, don't you always want them to be easier? That's where OSF On Call comes in. Through the use of technology, OSF On Call can assess your health and wellness needs, help manage your care, provide education and support, or refer you to the proper care, all without leaving the comfort of your home. Joining me today are Brandi Clark, Vice President of Digital Care for OSF On Call, and Rose Smith, Supervisor of Clinical Digital Care for OSF On Call. So first of all, welcome to both of you. Brandy, let's start with you. Give us an overview of what OSF On Call is all about. Sure. So OSF On Call is the digital health entity that was developed that sits inside of OSF Healthcare and is really where we house all of the expertise and skill sets to deliver care in new and different ways to patients, really leveraging technology and digital virtual telemedicine um, capabilities. You say new ways of delivering care. So tell me, what are the new ways of delivering care? We always like to be innovative and be out there. So what are some of those new ways? So telehealth has existed for many, many years. And I think historically, we think of telehealth as taking a visit that we historically would have done in person in a doctor's office and just doing that using audio and video with the patient in a different location. But now we're really bringing those technologies using AI, using digital platforms, not just to replicate traditional care, but to care for patients more longitudinally and to gather data and information from patients using those digital technologies um, on a more frequent basis. And then all of that AI that sits behind the scenes helps us to prioritize where our caregivers need to um, prioritize their time to take care of those patients who really need them when they need them. You hear people start throwing around the term AI. I mean, that gets some people not comfortable. Let's be honest. They think robots are coming into my home or they're going to do whatever. So talk about how we're using AI and how far it has come to help you provide the care people need. Sure. So really the AI just sits behind the scenes and is analyzing the data that we're gathering from our patients. In some cases, it's patient-reported data. In some cases, it may be through Bluetooth-enabled technology. So I can take my blood pressure, and that blood pressure cuff is automatically uploading my information into the system through Bluetooth technology. Um, We have a variety of technologies we use. But the system then, the AI, is able to analyze that data and to recognize some subtle changes. So maybe I'm someone who has always had uh, higher blood pressure, but for me, this is normal today. 
right? Um, so we're not just using a very standard, basic way of measuring a, a patient's um, health or wellness or their status at any given time, but we're looking at really, is your blood pressure higher today than it was before and how much higher? And so we're using clinical algorithms behind the scenes that really help our caregivers to know, um, okay, I really need to reach out to this patient because something is different today than it was yesterday. Yeah, so you're not waiting for the patient to reach out to you. You can sense it and go, mm, something's a little off here. Yes. Okay, I'm going to turn and loop Rose in on this conversation. So OSF On Call Connect helps people manage those chronic health conditions, some of what Brandy is talking about over here. Uh but it's from the comfort of their own home. This is like the ultimate house call, I think. This would be fabulous. So tell me about some of the specific conditions. I mean, it's yeah. it's not every condition everywhere. So give me those specific conditions and how all of that works from your perspective. Absolutely. So we do all adults, and it's anyone with diabetes, COPD, asthma, hypertension, or heart failure. Um, and then they get questions kind of tailored to their chronic condition that they have. Um, we have seen success with anyone, you know, younger kids away at college and then adults, you know, up. We have patients in their 90s that have a lot of success. Um, a lot of people, you know, if they're worried about their family members, they get signed up for this program. It's great. Someone checks on them. Um, but, yeah, they just get things tailored to their chronic conditions. They like hypertension. They'll get blood pressure readings and we monitor to see. Maybe it's trending. Um, diabetes will look at their blood sugars, their fasting blood sugars, and just see, you know, maybe we need to make a change. Maybe we need to talk to them and see if something's different. Not everybody is the most technologically capable. So explain to me how, because if somebody enrolls in the program and they go, I have a flip phone, <laughs> okay, because <laughs> there are those people still out yes. there. Oh, yeah. How do we make that work so it's not a burden on the patient? Yeah. So upon enrollment, patients can pick either text messages or phone calls. Um, they're all automated. We've sent about 190,000 through our platform that we use since June 1st of last year. Um, they can pick their days, their times, whatever works for them. So if they're working nine to five, they need to do it in the mornings, or maybe they forget to check their blood pressure at night before bed. They can get a reminder phone call, check their blood pressure and send it to us. So they can always pick, again, the comfort of their own home, what they prefer. So this program has been operational for a little over a year now. You sat there a year ago and said, okay, we're going to do this. This is how it's supposed to work. Look at it on paper. Here's how it's written up. All right, tell me how that has changed, because we all know the way you write it down and think it will work it doesn't. So talk about some of the things we have learned from it, some of the tweaks we've made, and how that moves going forward. Yeah. So really, I would say this started probably with our COVID at home program, kind of the technology. Um, that was more intense, I would say. And this is more optional for the patients. So again, they get to pick what they would like versus our illness programs. We really want to check on you every single day to make sure nothing has changed. Um, but we kind of sat and looked at you know, what's our game plan? How often are we going to be contacting them? Um, my team of nurses looks at the results whenever they send them in, and then they'll kind of decide, again, with the AI and the system, okay, do we need to call them? Do we need to triage them? Um, we're really big on trying to keep them out of the emergency rooms. So if we think there's maybe an urgent need that they necessarily don't have to go in for right away, we'll schedule them a visit with our providers. And again, that's telephone or video, whatever the patient prefers. And then our nurses also do nurse visits with them. So if someone, maybe their blood pressure is running a little bit high, we'll take a step back and look at, okay, what can we help you with? Are you taking your medications? Maybe they want to exercise. We've had a lot of patients working on exercise, and they just don't know where to start. 
Um, so we take these visits. We do them every two weeks if the patient wants, again, whatever they decide. And we'll just kind of look through maybe their diet, what hasn't worked in the past, what has worked, and really help tailor a plan to help them maybe get from an uncontrolled state to a controlled state. It has to be interesting. So, Brandy, coming from the more 64,000 foot, you know, Rose is down here, a little more direct line supervising, and then you're kind of a step up above it looking over big. What were some of the big takeaways from you over the past year as you've looked at it and how it interconnects with all of the other digital health options that are out there for us? Yeah, I think the real differentiator with our team and the thing that um, that makes it work is that we have this centralized virtually centralized clinical team. So the vast majority of the individuals that work on this digital care team work from home, but we have enabled them with the technology and um, have all of our systems and processes in place so that we understand um, what is the productivity of our mission partners and how are we taking care of patients, right? So we have all of that um, in place. And then we're able to very nimbly and quickly modify the way that we can provide the care to patients and are able to grow and expand to different use cases pretty rapidly, um, which I think you're not going to see that in a lot of organizations that aren't able to just invest in this infrastructure that we have within OSF On Call to ensure that you're providing safe, effective, standardized care um, and providing high quality and safety to patients. So I think that's really the differentiator. And what we've learned is that we've had to build all of that infrastructure in and all of those safeguards um, to really demonstrate the safe, high, high quality care. Yeah, safeguards are huge. And let's do a, about a three, four-year flashback. So this kind of all, we had this thing called a pandemic that happened in 2020. And we had been dabbling in getting the yeah. digital hospital and digital health ramped sure. up. But again, the more little slow, methodical, okay, let's try this, let's try this. And then March of 2020 comes, and then there's COVID, and it blows everything up. And you kind of got, there was that foot in the middle of the back, and you were shoved off the precipice, and here's the 64,000-foot fall. So Talk true. a little bit about that. And you're looking over the crevasse and walk me through that and how it helped get you to where we are yeah. today. So um, OSF On Call was formed in the really the fall of 2019. So our senior leadership was hired. Those of us operational leaders were hired. So we were really just kind of learning who we are, who reports to us, what are the things that we have in place today, and how are we going to reorganize ourselves for the future? And then to your point, March of 2020, COVID hits and and the world kind of shuts down, right? Um, it was a really pivotal point for us. And we always kind of said that our five-year strategy was escalated to like five weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we were fortunate that we had the, the kind of beginning of the infrastructure and were able to secure a contract with the state of Illinois for what at that time we called a pandemic health worker program. So we had community health workers that we hired, um, many of whom were redistributed OSF mission partners who were redistributed from other areas that were, were not functional 
functional at that time, along with our clinical team that was small and mighty during those days, um, really to help take care of those worried well in our communities. If you think about way back in summer of 2020, we had no COVID testing. We didn't even really know what we were dealing with, and people were scared. So we were able to stand up a contact center very quickly um, in a big um, hall where you would normally host big events, (laughs) right? Um, And we turned that into a call center and were able to take calls from members all across the state of Illinois um, to answer their questions, help them understand Um, do you need to go to the emergency department? We were able to enroll individuals of the community in a remote monitoring program so we could help them monitor their symptoms at home so that the people who needed to seek care were seeking care at the right time. And those who didn't, we were able to help them manage through that really uncertain time um, without utilizing the healthcare resources if they didn't need to. Um, So then that really was the catalyst as some of that pandemic work started to ramp down. Then we were able to really escalate the timeline on some of these other things that we we knew were on our roadmap for the future, such as the chronic condition program that Rose has been talking about um, to think about how do we take care of individuals in their home using these learnings but applying it to different use cases. It, it just, I remember the speed of that, and it was almost exhausting. You didn't have time to think about it. You just did. Looking back on it now, what was the biggest takeaway from your perspective, that the, the biggest win, the biggest, the thing that did your heart the most good at the end of it when you saw all of that and where we are now? One of the things that always sticks in my mind, we had um, a provider who worked in our urgent care clinics in person who came and took the leap and worked in our um, COVID contact center and was taking those escalations of patients who maybe needed to be seen by a provider and was doing he was doing those virtual visits, video visits or phone visits with patients. And we had some conversation after so many weeks of, of providing the care in this way. And he said, you know, I always thought that I would never want to work in any sort of virtual care or telehealth environment because I thought I needed to be able to physically lay my hands on the patient. And if I hadn't had this opportunity, which I never would have sought out on my own, I learned that I really can take care of patients through video and phone in ways that I just never thought I could. Um, So I think it started to change the mindset of some of our clinicians, too. The the communities, our patients learned that they could receive the care differently, but that was also a mind shift for our clinicians. Yeah, I imagine it did everybody's heart a little bit of good. Let's talk about the the feedback you're getting from the patients, regardless of where they are, Rose. I have to Mm -hmm. imagine you have, there's got to be a million stories out there that that one impact or that feel-good story that just sticks with you. Yeah, we've actually had quite a few. where like a patient will check in with us and we just happen to call them, you know, maybe we just want to talk about their readings and it's right. Several of them have been like right after they've had bad news and we're just the first ones, you know, we're there for everything. A lot of, we saw a lot through COVID was a lot of people were home alone. They would isolate from their families. They were, you know, we were, didn't know that was back before it was when it was 14 days and then 10 days. So a lot of patients were just confused. They were isolating 
And we were the ones talking to them every day. We were there through everything. And now we really see on night shift, especially a lot of patients after follow-up visits, they have a lot of questions. Maybe they're scared about news that they've received. We've gotten a lot of feedback that they just feel like we're there for them no matter what. They can call us at any time. We have all the time in the world to talk to them. So we've had a lot of great feedback that patients just love knowing that they can get right to someone at any time. Yeah, you come from a nursing background. So you Mm -hmm. as a nurse, when you got into nursing, this isn't what you trained for or planned for, was it? (laughs) Yes. No. No. And I was actually redistributed during COVID. So I was there um, in April of 2020 is when I got started. And I just loved how fast everything was changing. And you just kind of start to realize, like, this is very gratifying as a nurse to know you see the results for the patients. You know that you're actively helping them through whatever is going on. And you almost form a different relationship with them because, like, with this program, they're there for life unless they decide to leave. We don't unenroll them at any time. Um, So we see them through a lot. We've seen people through births of grandkids, children, um, like death of parents and children. It's been, you know, it's really different, but it's wonderful. So, Rose, let's get, we're getting people involved. I have to imagine people, or they could hear from other people. So tell me about the enrollment process, who would qualify, and then how they go about getting enrolled. Yeah, so anyone um, over the age of 18 who lives in the state of Illinois with Medicaid qualifies. They have to have a chronic condition, so diabetes, COPD, asthma, heart failure, hypertension, they would qualify. Um, We have a couple different ways so they can enroll on our website. They just enter their information, and then we'll check on the back end to make sure they qualify and someone will reach out to them. And then we also do targeted outreach as well for patients who qualify, and an enrollment specialist will talk to them. If they have hypertension, we will send them a blood pressure cuff, so we just have to verify their address and their information. Um, But otherwise, those are the two ways they can enroll. And the website is? They can go to osfoncall.com. Dot org slash connect. What is this done for the staff, Rose? I mean, we talk about the patients. We know what it's done for the patients. But people like yourself who, this isn't where you started out in your care-providing journey, and now here you are. I have to imagine you're not a one-of in your world. I bet there's a lot of you. Because we've had a conversation with your, co- your other team members who handle our pregnancy, our pregnant moms or moms-to-be out there, and they had stories. So from your perspective, what does this do for the staff on the OSF On Call Connect team? Yeah, I think it really, first, the sense of community, just knowing, I mean, they all work from home, um, but it is different. We, I mean, you talk more than you do in most places just because you message each other, you call each other, virtual meetings. Um, patient care-wise, I feel like they really see the potentials within digital care. A lot of people, they love change. They love, they get excited when we have new things rolling out. So it really kind of changes how you view healthcare as a whole, but then it also puts in, Um, We have nurses from various backgrounds, inpatient, ambulatory, ICU, mental health, and it really just, they can all hone in on their skills and bring past experiences in to help these patients. And then really, where do a lot of them want to just continue to grow within on-call, which is wonderful. Let's talk about that future path forward. I mean, you ramped this up pretty quickly, and now you've kind of we're chugging along. We're doing good stuff. And the numbers are good. We've seen a lot of patients, haven't we? What was the number you gave me before? Yeah, um, we've done a little bit over 190,000 automatic touches. And then um, we have almost 3,000 patients enrolled in the remote patient monitoring program. That's impressive. So, Brandy, from the, again, the global view, what lies ahead for OSF On Call and OSF On Call Connect? 
So as Rose mentioned, today this is a program that's available for all Medicaid patients in the state of Illinois. And really our goal is to make this program available to all adult patients in the state of Illinois. So we're thinking through, you know, what does that look like for us from a sustainability perspective? And then how do we um, partner really with the primary care network in our communities to ensure that the care that we're providing is not only of value to the patients, but that we're also connecting all of that care across the continuum. Um, You know, we were able to stand this program up pretty rapidly in our partnership with the state of Illinois to transform the way that we take care of Medicaid patients. Um, And so we did that and it's working and it's great and the patients love it and our mission partners love it. Um, And now we have that opportunity to really discern how do we integrate all of this great work into the care continuum. Well, it's all about providing the best health care and access to care because all the studies show if you can keep people healthy or monitored or watched, they stay out of the hospital and it's you can age in place so much easier. Absolutely. Well, it's been a great conversation. I see the passion in both of you. I know how exciting this effort is and everything moving forward. So I appreciate you taking time to sit down and talk with us today. Brandy Clark and Rose Smith, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Health Accelerated, brought to you by OSF Healthcare. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can also find links to any of our episodes on the OSF Newsroom at newsroom.osfhealthcare.org.